Thank you for listening to The Digital Backpack. This episode was first published on December 19th of 2016, when the podcast was called Campfire. Welcome to Campfire. Over to my virtual left is Erin in the Great White North, and she's a blended learning coach and my co-host for this podcast. Yeah, and to my, you would be to my virtual right then, <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> All of a sudden I froze up like, wait a second. Um, and in the, is it snowing there? I don't know. Is it snowing? Uh, no, you it's just like doom and gloom okay. and slush outside. Okay. All right. So in the slushy center, middle of, of the mitten, if you will, is my virtual co-host, Jeff, who is an instructional learning coach. If you haven't listened to our intro cast yet, we would love for you to do that. Plus, we talk about having a chubby bunny marshmallow inspired teacher challenge and then maybe the idea that that's not such a great idea, right? So today but we should do it anyway. <laughs> Maybe not. I almost, I, I had to stop myself from saying for sure right there. <laughs> Two. <laughs> so today we're, we're excited to get going in the actual podcast flow. We're going to kind of get into our, our whole series. So we'll chat about Something that we're digging, we'll talk to our friend Ben. He is a middle school teacher in Hazlitt. And then answer some questions about blended learning, too. Woo! Yeah. So, what we're digging. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? This dictates. This is a super cool site that I can't remember who sent it to us. I feel like Stace, did Stacy send it to us? All all good applications come from Stacy. That's true. Are you gonna um like just record that in a small piece and send it to her? Just saying. Um, well, she'll listen to this and then smile. <laughs> of course she will. And then not take credit for it because that's how she is. <laughs> So Stacy is a blended learning coach with us, and she sent us a suggestion a little while back about a site called Wiser. So Wiser is spelled W-I-Z-E-R, and you can get to the site by going to wiser.me, and it's amazing. It helps you to create interactive worksheets. Here's my only glitch. I wish they didn't call them worksheets because worksheets does Same. not... Yeah. Woo. Let us show you something new in education. It's called a worksheet. (laughs) But at the same time, I think it's like a a gateway vernacular kind of thing. Right. Like, I I think that everyone has heard of that three before. And especially for I I don't know about you, Aaron, but I've I've talked to a lot of teachers where like it matters if it says worksheet. I feel a little bit more comfortable with that. So 
when we're talking about tech integration and people feeling comfortable about it, maybe maybe that's a intentional decision by Wiser. Even 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 so, um, they make up for it. If you don't like the the name worksheet, still awesome. Much more than a worksheet. It's so awesome. So I I showed it at a, a professional development I did a few weeks ago, and I showed it last. And at the end, they were like, "What? Why did you show us anything else?" <laughs> This does everything. So if you're not familiar with it, but you use other kind of ed tech tools, I would describe it as a combination between Google Forms, right? So using Google Forms as kind of an assessment piece, Edpuzzle. Edpuzzle is kind of like a the ability to embed YouTube. What other videos? A bunch of videos, yeah. right? You can do YouTube. You can do other ones. You can stop them. You can ask questions. So that's super cool too. But it also gives you a voice recorder capability. So when you think about how you could use it in your classroom, I think the first application is just that initial, like replace your paper worksheets, right? So if you're thinking about the SAMR model, S being substitution, it's a great way to substitute a paper worksheet plus it auto grades it for you. So there's a lot of different types of um, kind of test items or worksheet items that you can put on there, but it's so fantastic to have that auto grade feature. And, you know, it gives students instant feedback, saves times for time for teachers. I used to like to joke that, um, when my husband and I were dating, he would help me grade multiple choice. And then when we got married, he was like, no, way, I'm not <laughs> doing that anymore. <laughs> and that like launched me into, what will auto grade? So yeah, students love instant feedback. Students always want to know like, how do I do on that? Um, it helps teachers guide instruction. So rather than they take a test and a week later, you get back to them, you know, the next day or later on in that day, how to change your instruction. But one of the, one of my favorite pieces is that it just gives a lot of different question types. So you could do an open response, right? Where you're just asking people to, type respond to a question that one you have to go back in and hand grade yourself obviously but you could do sorting you can do fill in the blank you can do matching you can do drawings you could have students fill in on top of an image so if you're thinking about an example think about a map if you wanted students to identify different bodies of water or the great lakes you could do it on a map or if you thought about um, a science class. So looking at different parts of a cell and labeling those, you could do that, but you can also just include pictures, video links, and just text. But I think on top of this, one of my favorite pieces is that it gives you the ability to record your voice. So when you're giving students questions, you could read through what is the question or what are their options? So when you think about having to have um, some accommodations for different students, that could be super helpful, but it allows students to voice record their responses yeah. too. That's, that's a real cool part. And in the feedback portion, I, I really like how you can see their sheet mm -hmm. or you can just have a, at a glance view of what's been turned into you. It even shows, I, I don't know if you've seen this uh, before, Aaron, but I did a session where I had a bunch of teachers in there working and you can actually see a uh, notification next to their names if they're in there working on it because they authenticate through uh, um, through their Google accounts and everything. It just populates those up. And so mm -hmm. if you've got students working on it in class, you can see whether they're working, whether they're complete and whether or not you send feedback to them. And you can attach by item 
recorded audio feedback or textual feedback. Uh, so it's kind of cool how they give those different modes. Um, we all know that sometimes you just got to talk out something. Sometimes you want to type it out. Uh, it's kind of nice to have those options and for the students to have those options to respond too, right? Right, for sure. Yeah, it gives them just a, a different voice where sometimes they struggle to articulate that through their responses, but their written response, but they can tell you about it. So I'm I'm really psyched about it. I think it gives people kind of an uh, uh, all-encompassing tool that you don't have to go out and go, oh, I need a, I need an audio recorder that I can add on to this, or I need, you know, something that I can use to insert a video into this. So I think it could be used for assessment, but it can also be used to just kind of introduce topics to provide um, a lot of content in one place. But that audio record feature, I'm, I'm super psyched about that. Absolutely. It works with Google Classroom. It works with Edmodo. It also works on iPads, Chromebooks, tablets, um, computers, obviously. But that's really nice, too, because sometimes you find ones that are just specialized um, in terms of where they actually work. And this will work on any of those. Um, but one thing to note, their website does say uh, if they're working on an iPad, the best bet is to use either Chrome or Safari. So yeah, I, I, one teacher was working on an iPad and they were having trouble with the draw one. Um, so it must be like a like a mm. um, something with uh, the functionality why they recommend um, those different browsers. Right. Do you want to tell us about yeah, something else so, so, that we're uh, digging? Bonus, what, what we're digging. I just wanted to give everyone a um, kind of peel back the curtain a little bit. We use an app called Zencaster. It's a web app. And it's specifically for podcast interviews and podcasting in general. So right now, we're actually using Zencaster to record this part of our show. And um, what Zencaster is, and that's Zencast with the R tucked on the end, um, it's it's a it's a way for uh, people to get together and have their audio recorded as they're having a discussion, and then all of everyone's local audio is saved to the session. So instead of recording a Skype call or a Hangout call where we would need to record the um our guests uh with a voice over ip which would kind of sound like they were calling into a radio show like like it would be um the quality would be downgraded a little bit it records their audio locally and then and then saves it and that results in a lot better quality of audio uh so that we can produce a little bit higher quality of a podcast for you um so if you're into podcasting if you have a podcast yourself, you want your kids to kind of play around with podcasting, maybe as a, as a way cool. to demonstrate their learning or of some sort. Um, uh, go ahead and check it out. Uh, I I think I can speak for both of us in saying we we highly recommend it. It's a it's a pretty slick app for that. And super easy to just kind of jump right into. There's, there's not a lot of bells and whistles. So from the user side, it's, it's really easy to use and to invite guests to as well. So on today's episode, we're so, so, so excited to talk to my friend, Ben Panetta. So Ben agreed to uh, sit around the campfire early morning, even on a snow day. 
he had a snow day and he still took the time out to chat with us and connect with us. Ben is just full of energy. He's got so much passion that he brings to education, that he brings to teaching, to everything that he does. I mean, he's taught for almost 30 years. He could retire, um, but he he's just... He, he can't retire because his students would truly miss out on an awesome storyteller and someone who is so good at connecting with students and getting them to love learning and social studies as much as he does. So we know that you're going to love hearing from him. Welcome, everybody. We are so excited to have Ben with us today. Ben Panetta. Ben, I'm, I'm saying that right, aren't I? You're saying it perfect. Perfectly. Awesome. So Ben is an eighth grade social studies teacher. He is from Hazlitt. And we first kind of got connected when we were working on the My Open Book Project, which was something that we were both very, very passionate about because it provided free digital social studies textbooks written by Michigan social studies teachers to anyone. And then re more recently, we got kind of reconnected um, at a professional development within his district. And we were chatting about podcasting and Ben just has like this natural zest and energy. And um, he's such a great storyteller that I was, I was talking to him about coming on as a guest and he was like, yeah. And so what, what better way to really kick off our podcast then to have Ben with us. So Thanks. Ben, yeah, absolutely. We're going to need that energy this morning. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming your way. I'm not, I'm not far away from Lansing. So well, that's good. I'm, I'm sending not free it right now. Deep, like, nice. Nice. <laughs> Send it south. Right. <laughs> so Ben, um, I'm going to give you a minute to just kind of introduce yourself. You had some awesome things when we asked you uh, about what you were passionate about. So feel free to include those too, but tell us a little bit about Ben. Okay. Um, let's see. I graduated from Michigan state in 1988. So this is my 29th year of teaching um, my 26th year at the middle school. So it's been an awesome, awesome, awesome ride. I feel like the middle schoolers, whenever I say I teach at middle school, sometimes I get, mixed reactions, a lot of times groans and oh, like, I feel so sorry for you. But really, it's a, for me, it's a fountain of youth, I can retire in a year, but I feel like I got another 20 in me. So um, I'm looking forward to a lot more teaching. Um, I'm social studies, I, I'm also certified in language arts, but thank goodness that uh, they hone in my craft on social studies. I really, really love that. Um, it is my passion. I teach US history right now, which is, uh, boy, let's see, in the eighth grade year in the state of Michigan, the model takes us from uh, Constitution through Reconstruction. Um, so a very interesting, brutal, beautiful, and I think engaging topic, um, at least for me. Uh, I, I hated social studies when I was in school, and it wasn't until uh, Michigan State that I found that uh, social studies can, can be kind of cool, and I'm hoping I can kind of transform that, relay that out to my students. Um, but yeah, it's been... It's been awesome. I also work uh, very closely with the teacher ed program at Michigan State University. We're involved in a pretty unique program where um, their senior placement is not on campus, but is at our school. 
Um, and so instead of them being farmed out in pairs, uh, all 17 of them are in our school twice a week and all 17 get to observe a couple hours of my class. So there's a lot of, I don't know, I guess there's a lot of continuity. There's a lot of ability to debrief what we all saw afterwards. Um, pretty unique program. It's our fifth year going and, uh, I don't think anyone else is doing it, which is kind of cool. It, it helps to have Michigan State so cutting edge in education. Um, they asked, I said, yes, and everyone else said yes. And, uh, we are rocking in our fifth year of that uh, mentorship program. Um, but as far as what am I passionate about, just teaching in general, if I won the lotto, I'd still teach. I would just have really, really cool weekends that no one would know about except for me and my family. <laughs> um, but uh, I think that uh, what I love most is, I think, storytelling, incorporating that. Um, it's pretty easy to get me on a, on a bird walking tangent, but I think... Uh, I think a lot of times that, that adds to the environment, um, creates a nice rapport. Um, I don't see it as a waste of time at all. Um, and if I have wasted time, I'll make it up the next day. That's <laughs> how I see it. Um, but that's basically it. I, uh, I just have a lot of fun teaching and uh, the kids are awesome. I feel like I am very blessed in mid-Michigan to have a plethora of just quality, quality schools around, I think Hazlitt, is one of those Jeff I think Mason is one of those I think you'd you'd agree that we are very blessed with a a lot of good districts Absolutely. in our area so yeah awesome but, thanks uh, Ben yeah and Ben so after we connected initially I was I was at a coffee shop in Petoskey and ran into a teacher from Petoskey Public Schools and was telling her about my open book project and how we just had a really fun team because um, Jeff, maybe you would agree, like eighth grade social studies teachers, but social studies teachers in general are just kind of a fun group. And she was like, oh, my gosh, I was part of, you know, she went to Michigan State and she was part of the program um, that you were talking about. And she just said that it was amazing. So I think really? that's a really cool program, too. Did we talk yeah. about this already? I think we did, but maybe we didn't. Maybe I, <laughs> who, do you remember who it was? Um, yes. Yes, I do. Her name was Morgan. Got she it. Oh yes. Middle school language. We did yeah. talk about this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Good. So Ben, kind of one of our, our quirky first questions because, um, our podcast is campfire and it's about storytelling. So, you know, how perfect that you are with us because that's something that you so enjoy and are so good at. But our first question is, did you ever go to summer camp as a kid? And if you did, what kind of summer camp was it? You know, it's funny that the summer camps I've done recently now are with our church. And so I'm like the adult. Uh, okay. But I remember my first summer camps. Uh, I don't even know. I think they were like in Virginia or something. My mom is a pediatrician, still practicing, believe it or not. And she's also oh a allergist and asthma specialist. So she ran this asthma camp. And so my first experience of camp was an asthma camp somewhere in the App Appalachian Mountains, I believe. And... It was kind of interesting because here I was a little kid put in a in a it, these cabins were like railroad cars um, with people I didn't know. And, and I basically my biggest memory is just waking up a lot at night, missing my mom and the count the camp counselor, like literally parading me around at like three in the morning on his shoulder, just trying to calm me down and to look for my mom Aww. and things like that because she was on call a lot okay and uh with asthma it was it was i remember the clinic was like 
filled with kids struggling 24 7 and so she was quite busy but i remember that's my biggest memory waking up and she wasn't there and i was a little freaked out about that and uh um but that's it it was i wouldn't say it was traumatic i wouldn't say it was a fun experience but uh, definitely memorable yeah so how old were you i think i was like four i mean i was young like really young yeah. like can barely remember it kind of young wow what uh, what kind of activities do they have at asthma cab well you know it's funny they did a lot they tried to i remember they tried to promote a lot of physical activity which now as an adult i can understand why the idea of saying hey you can live a very very normal life with your asthma etc cetera, etc cetera. but i do remember a kid getting a fish hook through his finger on the dock I remember that. That was and, and it's it, it kinda it kinda taught me a lesson of like, hey, you know, on the back cast, watch who's behind you. Um it was very uh it was a graphic scene, I remember that. Um, very R rated, blood everywhere. And it so that's another experience I remember. Um but they had a lot of crafts and things like that, canoeing, fishing, obviously. Um and so if this is the cradle from which you were forged, maybe, <laughs> that's that's a that's a pretty intense origin story, Ben. It's probably why I never went to summer camp afterwards. Really. <laughs> when Ben, I feel like um, you know Jeff. Jeff doesn't know you quite as well, but I feel like you just love to be kind of outside and be dynamic. And uh, we bonded over our similar volleyball kind of playing connections. So. Yes. When you think about, so I'm thinking about that, right? And then I think about what it must be like to be in your classroom, which I honestly would love to be a fly on the wall in your classroom someday. <laughs> so I might have to just pop in sometime when I'm down there. Anytime. But yeah. So welcome. like what's going on in your class that you're excited about or just something in education in general that you're excited about? Something I just, I've introduced the last couple of years is this, you know, how you walk into a teacher's room and they have a warm-up and um, so I started doing that and uh, I remember a kid a couple of years ago said man you ought to call this something different than just a warm-up and he's like maybe like an appetizer and I'm like excellent idea and so when you walk into my room there's a different appetizer every single day like I think uh, the appetizer the other day was something to the effect of oh it's double dough the appetizer for today if we would have had school which will be the appetizer for tomorrow is uh, double cheeseburger sliders and I think my, and then, um, so you know, they come in and I always have a picture of it um, just to kind of get them ready for the day. And then I also have this, uh, you know, how teachers want to announce what their outcomes, their their goals for the for the hour are. And, and we decided to call that dessert. And so today's dessert is, what is today's dessert? Oh, it is vanilla ice cream with caramel topping. And so I start the show by the kids just walk in. They take a look at the appetizer, here are all the things to look forward to today. And then when I get started, I show them the pictures, they ooh and ah, they tell me how hungry that's making them. And it always is a good, nice, casual, fun start, I think. Um, but that's something I've just started trying to do and just little quirky things like that. Um, I'm a very loud teacher, as your podcast microphones can probably pick up right now. Um, I'm pretty active. Uh, teaching for me is a kind of a workout. Um, I think I'm all over the room. I try to stay organized, though, and I, I surprise myself just how organized I am at times, considering the fact that it is just uh, frantic, I think, in an in a, in a organized sort of way. But um, 
I think if you were to walk into my classroom, and I think Aaron, just I've just meeting me, I think what you have seen is what you would get in my classroom. Just carbon That's copy. Awesome. So first off, like, are you actually cooking up double cheese sliders <laughs> no. for for the start of your classes tomorrow? Because if so, I'll be there. Yeah. Uh, but if if not, could you kind of describe uh, how that connects to your your starter activity? Well, it is a point of contention because the kids really are suffering because they see this really awesome looking food. And sometimes it takes me like 50 minutes just to just to find the right pictures, you know, that uh, look the best. But no, I don't cook anything up, but it's just a way to, I don't know, get visual. I'm not even sure if it does anything educationally, to be honest with you, outside of build a more informal rapport. But um, I always have reminders. I always have uh, uh, the dessert or the outcomes for the day. Um, and I just kind of list in order all the things that are going to happen in the period. And so that's just, it's just kind of a good visual. And sometimes I'll have like some sort of work prompt. Like, for example, the question I had the other day was, what part of the upcoming quiz are you most concerned about? Um, just to give them something to think about. Um, another starter I've had are things like, was Jefferson a good president? Why or why not? Gotcha. I, I really uh, appreciate the... Um the connection to a menu and like the kind of the sequential um, uh, nature of, of of eating, right? From appetizer to main course to dessert and then kind of the parallels that you can draw from a activation, um, uh, main activity, uh, main learning for the day and then into your, your exit ticket, your formative assessment, whatever it is before they leave out the door. like. That's that's the thought that was in my mind, um, and especially if like if you're able to make connections between the food items and the um, uh, you know the the actual activities and stuff like that. Like I think that 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 could be really really fun. Um, so that's just where my uh, that's just where my mind went with that. Well, you know what? I don't I don't do it that way. I just do an appetizer and dessert. But Jeff, that's a great idea. I should have an appetizer. Here's what's going to happen. Here's the main course, like the guts of the class, and then end with the, here's what I hope you got out of it with the dessert. So thank you. It just means oh. I have one more food item I got to think of on a daily basis now. <laughs> You're going to have really um. hungry students. <laughs> <laughs> the whole menu concept for your class too, Ben, how okay. cool it would be to have um, like takeout options, Ooh. right? So when you set your class up, if there are choices in the way that they can demonstrate things, then, then those are their, either their menu choices, or I know you're not a big homework guy, but if there were homework that they could have takeout options, which one do you want to choose to do? Right. That's a so great idea. Aaron. This <laughs> All right. So that adds like an extra hour of prep to my day. <laughs> now I got to come up with an, a main dish. And takeout menu items. But that's awesome. I love that. And you know how my whole venture of trying to make this the very first year I, I eradicate homework in my class? I realize yeah. that's, 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 it's tough to do. So I've gone back to the idea of, hey, we're going to, we're going to hit as much as I can with you here in class together. And, but going home and reviewing what we read, looking at your notes from our discussion, taking a look at the notes, that's still a really healthy activity. And I've gone back to the idea that, um, so maybe I'm not going to be successful in eradicating homework completely, but I hope I can put a big dent in it and make it much less of, a, of, a, of an issue or an item that one does after school. So I'm rethinking that. 
I really am. But I love the takeout thing. Yeah, well, and when I think about what you just described as homework, I think that's different from what a lot of people assign as homework, right? No, I think you're right. I think yeah, you're right. Like I don't, you're I don't not, assign. You're not asking them to do new learning. Right. Or learning that's not meaningful. Right. 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 All right. Can we, I want to pick your brain about something um, that, that you mentioned when we were kind of like um, doing a little prep for today's podcast. And that was having a deck or an outside area for your classroom. I yeah. Want to know more. So I missed the boat on a Mimic grant, Mimic Insurance Company. Um, but I just got an email. It's funny you mentioned this. I just got an email a few days ago about a new, and I can't remember what corporation is offering. Don't tell grants. people then. Everybody else will do it too. Okay. <laughs> just kidding. All right. I know. I know. Right. So I want to build a deck. Um, my classroom is kind of unique. It's 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 a big classroom. It used to be a former woods. Uh, and metal shop classroom. I've got some interesting huge double doors in the back of my classroom. So it's so I have two entrances and those double doors lead out to um, the wooded area. I think I have the most beautiful view in the entire district as far as classrooms. It, it opens out to a beautiful wooded area with trails and like when the snow is falling, it's just, it's tough to beat. And I just thought, wouldn't it be cool if I could have a classroom out there where we could go out from time to time um, when the weather's nice and when the weather's not so nice, like when, when we're talking about Valley Forge and the American revolution, take, let's, let's go out there when it's like 28 degrees. Um, and no, you can't put your coat on. We won't be out here that long, but you know, just to give them a, a feel for the environment, I think. Um, I also thought it'd be a really cool area, uh, opportunity to do some reflecting kind of out in nature and not necessarily within the confines of a classroom at a desk. Um, so I've had our, one of our, um, custodial staff take a look at stuff we drew out some plans um, there's a lot that goes into it I want to make it accessible to other classrooms as well so there'd be two entrances to the deck not just for my classroom so I was I'm gonna pitch it when I write this grant in that it's gonna it's gonna be accessible to the whole school that it will uh, be almost like a place-based learning opportunity that is not anywhere but in our school grounds but so I don't know if that really counts as place-based but I don't know. I, as a kid, I would have loved to have gone outdoors and just hung out and had a quick discussion outdoors. I, I think that'd be so cool, especially with a backdrop of the woods that we have right there. That's awesome. I know. Um, so my dad taught eighth grade social studies for 30 years. It's like a, a theme we have going on here. Um, yeah. But he always said that when his students could feel history, that's really when they learned and understood it. So I think what you were talking about there you know, in terms of, of the Valley Forge, or I was even thinking Trail of Tears, yeah. kind of having those experiences brings them to a greater level of understanding, right? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, there's a story I tell every year. I have to wait till like, it's like bitterly, bitterly cold, like, you know, below zero kind of cold. And I would love to take them out there just for like 30 seconds and then to bring him indoors and tell him about the story about this guy that I that I met on my very first day ever. School was canceled because of cold. I celebrated with, you know, treating myself and the family to some pizza. And this homeless man wheels himself up to me in this, you know, hardened slush and is asking for help, wants food. I give him my crazy bread. He wheels off and 
you know, I was struck by this. Wait a minute, this guy, this tattered person of a man, it's like 20 degrees below zero, is is going off into the darkness. And so I asked him where he was going, and he said he had, he had a place staked out under the Shiawassee Bridge in Lansing. And I'm like, you are staying outdoors tonight? And he said, yes. And I asked him about the shelters, and he said, they fill up every night. And it, it struck me because I was like, wow, you don't see that many homeless in Lansing because I think because we have a good structure, infrastructure of, of serving that need to get people inside. But just the idea of this, you know, and he wasn't wearing any Gore-Tex or North Face products. He was bundled up in tattered wear, has staked out a place under a bridge when it's going to be 30 below zero windchill tonight. It just struck me as sad um, and in some way very inspirational to how strong the human spirit is. But I also like to tell that story just to let my kids know that, hey, we got it pretty good and that there are individuals out there that do not and that we are a community that can do more for our own community. And, and, but I think having a deck when it's like 10 below zero and be able to take them out there for 15 seconds would be very poignant. Mm -hmm. um, so, but yeah, that's it. Exactly. Feeling the history or the story. Yes. Yes, for sure. So I'm thinking, um, about your hidden teacher talent. And I know you have many, um, <laughs> but before we got started today, I asked you to think about maybe just maybe because we might, and Jeff can vouch for me here. We might have mentioned this in our intro cast that, that our first guest, um, does rap reviews for his students. I'm, I'm interested in how that came about then. Like, uh, what, um, like, was there a, uh, what came, what came first, the cart or the horse with the, uh, the, the need to do the rap reviews or the, the talent to be able to do a rap review? Um, I don't know if there's any talent in it. I think it's just, uh, you know, I was, I was, it was a, I think it was a January night. I was, I was getting ready for, you know, a few days of reviewing the Jackson era with our Mr. $20 bill man. And I just, it just, I just thought, wouldn't it be cool if I wrote a rap? to review all the main or some of the big ideas that have just that we've talked about over the last several days in this chapter and i just started going with it um i performed it it was a straight rap the kids loved it and they said you got to do this for every chapter which i was like are you kidding me and they were just eating it up and so i decided i would do that and so since then i've been writing rap slash songs uh, most of them are a combination of rap and popular music um, I revise them from year to year. Some years I don't revise just because it's so good to what I like, or I just feel like what I what I did I I really like and the kids will enjoy. But uh, it just kind of started out with that, and then um, you know the kid, my eighth graders were like, "Man, Mr. Panetta, you need to get a rapper name," and I'm like, "Oh yeah, you're right." So I so I thought about it. I'm like, "I'll be I'll be P Cause," like you know I'm I'm rapping for a cause, P for Panetta, rapping for a cause, and my oldest son Matt who's now 22, but he, when he was in high school, he said, uh, man, that's lame, dad. Because, like, uh, <laughs> he said, why don't you be like, because, like, what up, cuz? And I'm like, ah, oh, that's even better. So my rapper name is Because. So, um, which is interesting because I think the students know me very well as, as Mr. Panetta and also as Because. Um, but, the, but this Jackson one, if you want to hear this one, 
Um, this is a straight wrap. This this is the only one that I've done that has never been revised just because A, it was the first one, and B, I think it's a good one. I think it's my favorite one. But it, it starts out with Jackson. You know he was poor right from the beginning. In 1824, he said, Clay, now you're cheating. In 1828, Dyson Adams won the day. Indians knew then that everyone should pray because Jackson, he backed the land greedy people, an idol for the guy who hailed him like a steeple. AJ opened up Gov for the likes of you and I. Suddenly the little guy felt like he could fly. I'm killing the bank, he said for his next task. What we didn't know was this would simply mask a panic in econ. It really was a brewing. Soon you and I, the dirt we'd be chewing. So if you ever wonder whether Jackson Stan should sing, you need to decide if he was president or king. Whee! And that was the first one. <laughs> Thanks. Wow. <laughs> well, you couldn't have like picked a more like gangster president than than uh, than Jackson. Yeah, with, how fitting, like, right? His, his his upbringing with everyone dying around him and like love love completely, hate completely. Right. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was yeah, actually, kind of fitting that it was Jackson that kind of started everything off. But uh, yeah, most of them are a combination of song and stuff. The last one I wrote had a little bit of you know Macklemore. A uh, little Judy Garland, a little Beauty and the Beast, little Anna Kendrick Cups along mixed in with some rap. Um, so, I'm yeah, just, it's just. I'm just fascinated at how you just put all four of those things together. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, part of it is I just got to keep my pulse on like top 40 music, which I hate. I hate to say I actually listen a lot of just I don't know if it's just because the eighth grader in me is still there or. But uh I try to look at some songs that are popular nowadays that the kids would like to sing. And I always have it so the kids are a part of it. So they have their own lines that they do and, and things like that. And they get into it. It's pretty loud. It's almost like a choir concert in my class at least once a chapter. So That's awesome. I love it. That's, cool. That's fun. Love it. All right, Jeff. Any last questions? Things you still have to know? No, I'm, I'm kind of speechless after that. <laughs> I know. How do we follow up to that, right? So, well, well Ben, so, we want you to enjoy your snow day. I will. I will. Thank you. Thank you yeah. very much for having me. Um, I am honored to have been part of your Campfire podcast. I hope this is not my last time. And, uh, you know. Well, I, th I think Jeff and I already, I'm speaking for both of us here, Jeff, but <laughs> I would really like to hear the Beauty and the Beast plus... Judy Garland was, I was like, I, my mind is just it's not had enough caffeine even though i've had like three cups of coffee um to figure out how all of those work together so i think we need to do get you ever record the these or have or have students record no, or like, actually, actually the, the kids keep harping on me and saying i i need to create a youtube channel and just you do. record these and, and actually aaron you've mentioned that too so yeah um, I, I think i bugged you about that at my open books and you were telling us about it yeah because yeah. I think it would be so cool for other students to be able to to get a taste of, of your awesome rap, writing, singing, performing skills. But also um, just, you know, as a teacher, it's always fun to share things like that that aren't you. Right. Right. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. All right, man. Well, good luck shoveling. Yes. Enjoy It'll the be day. My workout. It'll be my workout for the day. And I know you can appreciate that, Aaron. Uh, I can't.
Well, it was really good to meet you, Ben. It's good meeting you, Jeff. All right, Thanks well, again. Enjoy. Thank yeah. you, Ben. Hey, happy, happy holidays day, to you guys. Yeah, you Thanks, too. Thanks, you too. You as well. See ya. Bye. Bye. Hello there. Today, we want to talk to you about asking questions. Because asking questions is a good way to find out about things like, uh, like cookies. Yeah, observe. So in our intro cast, we asked you to ask us questions using the hashtag campfire Q and people must have been really busy over the weekend with all the snow. That must have been it, right? <laughs> yeah, because there's such a big buzz. Everyone knows about this podcast at this point in yes. time. And uh, it must have been that they were busy, so they couldn't ask I the think questions. So. I'm going to go with that. So we didn't have any questions. And that makes us really sad. And we would probably even send you like a sweet piece of swag if you asked us a question and it got on the podcast. Can I say that? We'll, we'll that definitely okay? do that. Yeah, uh, definitely. So Aaron will buy you something from a, a from a tourist <laughs> trap antique store in. Uh, I will buy you a Petoskey stone. In Petoskey. <laughs> it's our state rock. That would be special. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Anyway, we just opted to ask our own question. And I think a question that we get a lot after presenting at a lot of um, conferences and, and within districts, blended learning is something that people just don't have a real clear understanding of. So Jeff, tell us what is blended learning in one minute or less. No, just kidding. I won't give you the one minute well, timeline. <laughs> I think the, the one caveat of having this conversation is like, take a deep breath. <sighs> All the good things that you do as a teacher do not get thrown out the window. It's not a, um, we are totally used to having new terms come into our lives as teachers and have it be uh, presented as the greatest thing since sliced bread, right? Mm-hmm. Blended learning isn't a thing in itself. It's a container that can be occupied by the thing that you put into it. When we were talking before we started recording, Aaron, you were saying stress that it's a framework, right? Yeah. And, and that's really important going into it. Blended learning has to be inhabited by good teaching and learning. Whatever you're doing at the district level, at the school level, that's you know completely unique to you is unique for a reason. It's targeted towards you and your students. So that's always important to keep in mind. And actually, really put simply, we're looking at blended learning as a learning experience for students that uh, integrates in-person learning with technology. So we've got a face-to-face component and an online component. And when those things come together, they enable great things like the ability to capture more data, get it in real time, and know how your students are doing. And what that enables in turn is uh, a greater ability to personalize learning for students because you know how your students are learning, you know how your students are thinking more. And then when we're able to identify and support students through, uh, through these personalized tactics, then we have a greater ability to teach to mastery. Mm-hmm. Uh, not think in terms of alphabet soup anymore, but to think about like, we what do we got to do to get students to all A level, right? 
so I, I think that with blended learning, we're really talking about using technology strategically to enable us that opportunity. And I use enable as a term specifically because technology doesn't guarantee all those things, right? Um, right. They're still the most important variable in any learning situation. And that applies to a blended learning situation as well is that teacher. Teacher makes the world go round. So, um, so being able to strategically leverage technology to accomplish those things um, is, is really what blended learning is all about. Sometimes I forget that you can't see me nod in my head as you're talking, <laughs> but I was nodding my head a lot. Yes. It's that intentionality of technology, right? And the intentionality of what gets delivered face to face. It's not, oh, hey, there's this cool new tool that I just heard about. So let's do it. But figuring out first what you want your students to be able to do and then does it fit or does it not fit? Absolutely. I think the coolest thing about it is that a lot of different kind of teaching styles can occupy it, right? Like, yeah. And it looks different in every classroom, right? We just, we were just uh, at the elementary and middle school principals conference and we were sharing about what blended learning looks like in a second grade classroom and a third grade classroom, but that's going to look potentially very different than what it looks like in a high school classroom. And that's totally okay. It's still blended learning, right? Not only is it okay, it has to. Right. Yeah. It has to yeah. be different. Yes. So it's not it's not this one size fits all, but um, we really love that it can play into the strengths of you as a teacher and, and what you do well. And maybe areas um, where you struggle are, are those areas where you can seek out technology to be of some assistance. Yep. 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 So in the future. Now that you know about hashtag Campfire Q, you can ask us a question. Maybe there's a certain topic that you want to hear us chat about um, or just a question about blended learning in general. You can use Twitter. You can use Facebook. You can use Instagram to let us know what your questions are. But just make sure that you put the hashtag Campfire Q in your post so that we see it. You know what we should do even, uh, and I don't know if, if you're comfortable with it. Can we put out like our um, our snap handles, our snap names, and, and people For can sure. just... I um, have to look mine up. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe we'll just, uh, uh, we'll put the, the snap codes out there. How about in the show notes? Yeah, perhaps? that's what I'm saying. In the show notes. Show notes. That'd be cool. Love it. Yes. Yeah. So we hope that you're feeling energized from Ben's campfire chat. Sorry that we did not bring the marshmallows, but man, that chubby bunny challenge is going to happen one of these times. We'll have to get it set up in advance. Um, you know, I'm feeling we, so congested. I, I might as well have done chubby <laughs> bunny. I, I That would have been a real hazard if I did. I, I was doing some heavy you know, mouth breathing. It's a bad idea, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we hope, but we hope that you have some new ideas and maybe that you're even a little bit more curious about blended learning altogether. And I just, you know, we just referenced the show notes in terms of our Snapchat handles, um, but check out the show notes. We put a lot of information in there. We're going to put some links um, to Wiser in there with some more ideas for classroom applications, but we'll put other things that we've chatted about, sometimes some fun link outs. The last one, um, we included a link for how your 
how your astrology, astrological, is that the right term? How your astro- astrological, astrological sign changed and you, you are um, trying to come with terms to terms with that. I hope, I hope you're good on that now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm good. I mean, awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I have to be good. Right. Right. I looked, I thought I was a Taurus for oh. 32 years. So yeah, it, it got me too. Yeah. Well, I'm Aquarius now, so I have a song. So, like, I kind of oh. traded up. Age of, that song? Yeah. No? Age okay. of Aquarius. <laughs> and beautiful singing, right? <laughs> From us both. But yeah. All right. If people want to listen to more, if we haven't if we haven't driven you crazy yet, how can they do that? Yeah. If you're listening, keep listening. Keep coming back. It's really good. Uh, if you If you feel like a di- you want a different, like, delivery mechanism for that if you want to be super cool and do itunes and be like no one else in the world because no one no one subscribes to podcasts on itunes do itunes google play music too i I don't think google play music is popular it's just what i use so um that's the only reason why it gets mentioned here the ultimate google guy yeah like across the board google guy there's a lot of people that are like ultimate google people though okay Uh, all right i i dig uh i have a macbook pro it's probably my favorite piece of uh, um, technology that I own, that I've had mm-hmm. for seven years. Um, so I like to be an Apple person, too. I just happen to uh, I happen to dig Google. You like Google, too. Sure. You just don't have a ton I of devices, right? I don't. That's right. true. But um, yeah. that's, the, that's the magic of all this stuff. It, you know, pick what you want. It's like blended learning. Um, oh, my gosh. Pick, pick what you want. It's We're flexible. coming full circle today. Yep. I'm running out of things to talk about. Agreed. So maybe we should just peace out and catch them next time. All right. I love you all. Have a good holiday if we don't talk to you. Yeah. Happy holidays. Yeah. Yeah.